Brooklyn writer Andy Selzberg doesn't want people to forget their old acquaintances, but remember them, specifically their old loves. Good morning. I'm George Borarki, and this is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. Salzburg is the founder of a website that allows people to sound off on their past relationships, and he recently put together a book of his favorite entries. One of the ones I like in the book is um, you gave the impression that being with me was settling, which I was fine with, but then you didn't settle. More from Andy Salzburg coming up. Also today, a couple that's got nothing for Salzburg and his blog. Anna and Seymour Greenberg have been together for 57 years. Count them, 57. Their story on the way this morning on Cityscape. Glad you're with us. Happy New Year. My name is Michael Gomringer, and I'm just trying to start up my boxing career. Um, I stopped for a little while. I was out of shape, and now I'm just trying to get back into it. And my New Year's resolution is to... um, just become a boxer again and do my thing. My name is Damaris Rita, and for 2010, as far as the economy, I'm hoping that more people get their jobs back on board and uh, that the, the you know, job situation improves uh, on a personal level, you know, the, the, that I continue all the wonderful relationships I have this year. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A is just a sign. It's a brand new year and a brand new start. In that vein, psychic and psychologist Carmen Hara is here with her predictions for 2010. Good morning, Dr. Hara. Good morning, George. Thank you so much for having me. The economy, no question. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. Will 2010 be any better? Not really. You know, if you want to see results, you know, you have to focus on the change. I think that 2010 is still a tough year when it comes to economy. Uh, I don't think it's going to be so easy to make it better. At least uh, I don't think the president has a magic wand to make this happen for us. Any advice on how we focus on the positive and not the negative? A positive attitude causes a chain reaction of positive thoughts, events, and outcomes. So it's like a catalyst, a spark that creates an extraordinary result. President Obama recently outlined a new strategy in Afghanistan. What do you think the new year will bring? Well, talking about predictions, so I think 2010 we are going to wake up to the reality that we can't solve anything by being in the Middle East. These wars, uh, you know, will continue to harm us and harm others, and I think this this will have to stop. And my prediction is that at some point during 2010, probably not the first part, we will actually see us uh, coming to the conclusion that we have to remove ourselves from that part of the world for our own well-being. But not necessarily with a resolve there, it sounds like. Not necessarily. I think the results we are looking for are almost impossible to achieve in that part of the world because it's all karmic. That part of the world created karma thousands of years by fighting against each other. And it's not up to us to fix that. You know, we, we try very hard to eliminate evil, and we didn't even succeed to find bin Laden. That was one of my predictions many, many years ago after September 11. We'll never find him. Overall, it's been a quiet year in the U.S. as far as major storms are concerned. We didn't see anything remotely near the magnitude of Hurricane Katrina, thank goodness. What are your predictions for 2010? Probably 2010 is the year when we're going to see an earthquake in California. 
like 6.3, something like that might happen during 2010. Well, that's not promising, is it? That's not promising, I know. It's the response of the planet to the way we treat uh, Mother Earth. You know, we have to be kind to Earth, and we failed to do that for a very long time. So the Earth responds to, to our behavior. Speaking of which, the UN Global Warming Summit recently took place in Copenhagen. It ended with an agreement among the world's largest economies to take steps to curb greenhouse gas emissions, but no formal consensus from the 193 nations present and major questions over what comes next in the global negotiating process. What do you see coming next? Is it time to get a clear picture how we'll be affected by the global warming? You know, and it might not affect us the way we thought it would. So our understanding about the whole global warming will shift in the next uh, uh, two, three years, and most likely I think next year. It's all about changing perception. It's just the end of a time in our evolution. The last more than 5,000 years are ending. So the movie 2012 is just that. You know, nothing will happen to us, that's for sure. Now, the world will continue for millions of years, you know, and, and humanity will adapt and humanity will survive. Well, we're going to hold you to that one, Carmen. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mayor Bloomberg won a third term here in New York City this year. The race was a lot closer than many people expected it to be. What challenges do you see for Mayor Bloomberg in the coming year? His intentions are positive. I'm afraid of his health. He might have a health problem that he's not aware of. I also see, like, um, talking about challenges, a change in his romantic life. I don't know if he will really go for it, but there's someone else coming in his life. I think he will continue to be mayor for 2010. I don't know if he'll actually really finish terms. Really? Why do you think that might be the case? Health? The case is health. Do you have any other predictions for New York City? This is actually a very interesting year because, uh, according to Kabbalah, it carries the energy of number three. So 20 plus 10 is 30, which zero doesn't exist, so that's three. And three means stability. Think of the trinity, the triangle. It also comes with um, flexibility. It comes with um, creativity and resilience. So it's overall an interesting year when we start to be more creative about the issues that we have, uh, and it has a lot to do with people coming together. We're going to see leaders of the world coming together. We will not gonna, we're not going to be caught so much in the celebrity, and we will start to be together in, in, in acknowledging that we go to a monumental transformation in the world. And uh, many years ago, I predicted that in Europe, we're going to have one single currency thinking about the euros. I see a single currency all over the world. I might not see dollars. I might not see banks or stock market. Hard to believe a world without all of this, you know, that we think we have to rely on. So this is where the world is changing rapidly and leaders of the world are coming together. Actually see a big, big uh, major event taking place somewhere with all the major leaders of the world talking about how to change uh, all this financial institution, how to probably... Uh, bring 
banks together to survive this moment. There's a reason in, in everything that's happening, because actually we're giving birth to something new, more, more fair. You know, there's more justice in the world in the years to come. Uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing message for the world to come. I'm excited to live in this time. It sounds like an exciting time that you're predicting here. One thing that you said there, Carmen, was that we will not care as much about the celebrity. In recent weeks, we heard a lot about Tiger Woods and his transgressions. Will we not care as much in the coming years? You know, the reason we're so fascinated by him is that he represents the outer surface that we thought we could trust, you know. We thought he could, we could count on him to be the very self-disciplined good guy, never making a mistake. But then we realized that underneath the surface, his life was totally chaotic. So Tiger Woods will come back as a golfer, but we will never see him as a perfect role model, you know. We like to pretend everything is okay, and underneath it isn't. And we have to face the truth. This is 2010 is the year to face reality. It's about all of us together. It's about a real change. It's about not relying on a president to fix our problem uh, because he, he cannot do this. And 2010 is a very tough time for Barack Obama. I mean, during Oscars, during April, um, during October, he will face some trouble. When you actually ascend very, very fast, you can fall very suddenly. Unfortunately, that's what's going to happen about the president this year. And we think that, as I said, the president can fix our problem and can make the changes, but we have to shift our consciousness to embrace the change. And he's not the change. We are the change. We here at WFUV, Carmen, care a lot about music. Do you see anything big happening, musically speaking, in 2010? Well, I think music is becoming more harmonious. But as we're getting much calmer and more in control about what the future has in store for us, the music will reflect more harmony, you know, and I think the young generation will become more creative in this field. Oscar buzz is already in the air. The award ceremony is in February. What are your predictions for that night? Well, I do see Oprah's movie, Precious, getting an Oscar. And I will tell you why, because you can't solve a problem until you admit you have it. So that's our job for this year, to admit we have some big problems, and we have to step into the process of change. And that's why I think the Oscar will be kind of dominated by this movie. Okay. Carmen, anything else you'd like to add? During the Oscars, something major will happen that will affect the presentation of the Academy Awards. Maybe that's the earthquake that you're predicting in yeah, California. Yeah, something major will happen at that, around the Oscars. This is a, a year that is going to shake our consciousness because, you know, in the years to come, as I said, this amazing transformation of the human spirit is actually happening. I hope the world will understand how major this is and we're all going to come together in the idea of unity and totality. Dr. Carmen Hara, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, George. Dr. Carmen Hara is a psychic and psychologist right here in New York City. This is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. I'm George Borarki. The world will always welcome lovers as time goes by. Hi, my name is Nicole Bettini, and my New Year's resolutions are... Um, to get more sleep and to start exercising more. I, I used to exercise a lot more and I kind of got off the, the path of that. So I want to get back into better shape because I feel more energized and it helps me focus more. 
And for sleeping, I've always had problems with sleeping, but I feel a lot better when I get on a good sleep cycle. My name is John Williams. My New Year's resolution is try to quit smoking, but I've said that for the past three years. I'm good on occasion and fall back into bad habits. Sweetheart, I ask no more than this. A kiss, the bell, a dream on. This is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. I'm George Bodarki. The book Dear Old Love includes a collection of anonymous love notes to the ones who got away or were left behind from a website of the same name. They're the notes that ex-lovers have written to set the record straight or crooked. The site is the brainchild of Andy Selzberg, an adjunct professor of English at John Jay College, CUNY. He joins us now to talk about Dear Old Love, the book and website. Andy, welcome to Cityscape. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. This book is an offshoot of your website, dearoldlove.com. What sparked all of this? Well, I got married about a year and a half ago, and I think this website was sort of a my Julio Iglesiasian to all the girls I've loved before. Like for me, like it was inspired by a kind of sense of gratitude and also the regrets or the apology. So it was sort of not settling old scores, but in the positive way. You write in the introduction to your book that you continue to berate yourself for moments in relationships when you should have been more considerate. What were you thinking? Were you thinking that if I'm feeling this way about past loves, then there has to be other people out there feeling this way? And that's where the website came in. Yes, and it really, like, it seemed that people got it. What are you looking for? Kind of a, maybe a twist or, you know, to say something, if it's something, like a comedy motion, to say it better than the average person could say it. Like, what is what is one of your favorite ones? One of the ones I like in the book is um, you gave the impression that being with me was settling, which I was fine with, but then you didn't settle. And another one that I like from the site, you asked me for help with a job interview. You asked me to help you list weaknesses. Little do you know, I gave you a list of reasons why I loved you. Do you think this is therapeutic for people? Yes, yeah. And people have specifically sent me email saying thank you like for just letting me put this out there are most of them good-natured no. or no no Ooh. no definitely not well i think this demographic that responds to a site like this they tend to be a little bit younger and more emotional like the and sort of bitter romeo and i Ju- guess <laughs> romeo and juliet kind of age where it's just like well this is somebody that just broke up with you last night and that you know so it's not like ruminating on someone 10 years ago that you have these fond feelings for what is the meanest one that has come across <laughs> I don't know. It probably wouldn't have made it. They have to be leavened with a little bit of... Humor? Wit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is an example of one that you find particularly mean, though? Your shoes were terrible. I wish we'd dated during flip-flop season. <laughs> See, that's not very nice, but funny. Um, I have some of mine uh, that yeah, I can share me, with give you. Me some of, give me some of yours. I um, don't care that you miss my dog. When you cheated on me, you cheated on him, too. Yeah, that one comes up a lot. It seems like whenever there's a pet... The relationship is a threesome. Here's another one that I like. I'm consoled by the fact that the two of you will have very hairy children. That, I feel like, is a good example of a mean one. That's leavened with a little bit of humor. And bitterness. Uh No question. I was so outraged when you slept with someone else that I momentarily forgot I had been cheating on you for months. Yeah, I was re- I was reading that one on the train this morning. I was laughing about it. I'm like, wow, this happened. Like, I think for some, like, some of them you have a feet, like... 
when people call into a show, you think, are they putting me on or not? And like, I think that one is real. Some of them just make you feel bad. Like this one made me feel bad. Since you left, I still make two cups of coffee in the morning. I drink both of them. Mm-hmm. I just but get just, a sense of loneliness there. No, it's lonely, but it's just so beautifully like expressed. I root for the Giants because of you. My husband has no idea. <laughs> yeah, is that is that okay? Like, I also like how some of these, but you could have kind of a debate. Like, is that cheating or is that a sweet way to sort of like keep the past alive in you? I want to compensate all those people you've undertipped through the years. <laughs> some of them really show a lot of hurt. I know you thought it was funny when I said I love you, and you replied I love me too, but it wasn't. That person's hurt, no question about that. Yes, and the person who did the hurting have no idea. Oh, another one that's in that we all miss you was a cruel thing to say to me. Do you now feel better about your past relationships thanks to this project? I do. Well, I never felt bad about them, but yes, because, you know, you said thoughtless things in the heat of the moment. What do you think you've learned about people through this project? Do you think you understand people better, understand relationships better? The metaphor I've been using lately is there was an article about flavorists in The New Yorker, about the people who create flavors for things, and about how taste isn't just in the mouth, but all your remembered meals inform how something tastes, and I feel like all your relationships inform a current relationship, so you sort of see what persists in people. Do you think that more women or more men are posting to your site? More women. I think it's because of the nature of this kind of blog and Tumblr, which is the host. Some people are holding on to romances or feelings they felt about someone as far back as elementary school. You'll see that in these responses as well. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, and some of them, if if they're not even holding on, but just sort of acknowledging that um, that sweet crush of fourth grade. Yeah, one of them I like from then is um, no fewer than 40 sixth grade boys were in love with you. I am proud of my service in that army. Like there'd always be an it person that everybody somehow was in love with at the same time. I like the idea of an army of love. Reading through your book, you'll Uh see a lot of these responses about relationships that were bad, that really went sour. And then maybe you can sort of take stock in the relationship that you're in. Maybe you feel this way now that you're married and say, you know what? This is great. I love this relationship. Thinking back on all of these bad relationships that you may have had or the ones that you see other people have had. Yeah, well, I do hope, yeah, there's almost like a public service, a sort of love the one you're with kind of element to it. Now, did you meet your wife at all as a result of this project? No, no. But some of hers are in there. Like, we, you know, (laughs) she likes it. She's a fan. There's no... And that's, yeah, why people have asked me if, yeah, well, is this weird? Like, you're married? Like, and you're acknowledging past relationships? But it seems like that's, it would be unhealthy to say, none of these things have existed, and I hate them. Or, like, I disown all these past relationships. We're pretty open about it. All of this is done anonymously. All of yes. all of these responses are anonymous. Would you ever suggest people address their former flames face-to-face? I feel like this is a safer way to do it. Like, people have moved on. It would probably just be awkward. Like, if you just got a really long, affectionate, or weird apologies for you, like, well, actually, I've moved on and haven't even thought about this. But no text messages, though. You can certainly see how technology plays into our romantic relationships by looking at these responses. Yeah, Facebook, yeah, the social networking sites. And I'm really kind of glad that I didn't have to, well, like, Growing up and going to high school in the late 80s, uh, well, there wasn't any of that. There was the phone. That was the communications technology we had. 
now there's this disentangling with like maybe 10 different sites and followings and things like that. And it's just like, well, is this so we're friends? But we said we'd be friends, but we know that, you know, like it sort of gives lie to that. The book is Dear Old Love, Anonymous Notes to Former Crushes, Sweethearts, Husbands, Wives, and Ones That Got Away. The website is DearOldLove.com. Andy Salzberg, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. You sing to one smile that cheers you. You won't find this Bronx couple posting to Salzburg's website. That's because Anna and Seymour Greenberg have been married for 57 years with no regrets. The couple lives together at the Hebrew Home for the Aged in Riverdale. I recently paid them a visit. How did you two meet? How did we meet? How did we meet? I don't remember. I don't remember 57 oh, yes, years ago. I remember. We were... In the country? Yeah, in the mountains, in a hotel. In the mountains. Well, in the Catskills. Oh, you were in the Catskills? Yeah. The Concord. What At I, the Concord Hotel. I'll show you pictures of Ann dancing. She won a contest at Lindy Hop. She learned it at the Savoy Ballroom in Harlem. She was in Macy's. She was a, there. She was an executive in Macy's. She was there 50 years. And... She ran the parades, the Thanksgiving Day parades, and she was in it, too. And uh, she did everything. Do you remember Seymour what attracted you to Anna? It was nice, very nice, very attractive. She, we, she made a nice living. She was a very nice woman. Anna, were you smitten with Seymour right away? Was it love at first sight? It's such a long time ago, I don't remember. I don't remember either. It's 57 years ago. Thank God we're still together. Why do you think you are still together after 57 years? Why? We're just lucky. Uh, and we lived, that's all. God was good to us. A lot of happy times, Anna? Yeah. Yes. We used to go to Florida every year for five, six months. And that's how we did. In Fort Lauderdale. Jackie Cleveland, I used to tell jokes on the stage there. Yeah, what kind of jokes? You know what President Clinton had an affair with Monica Lewinsky? In between two bushes. <laughs> Does he make you laugh, Anna? Does he make you laugh? Right? Yes. They don't know what kind of he kept me in stitches all the time. He has a very good sense of humor. A mouse died and went to heaven. He was there a few weeks. He runs into God. God said, how do you like it here? He says, I like it here, but I can't get around. So God gave the mouse a pair of roller skates to get around on. A month later, a cat died and went to heaven. He's there a few weeks, he runs into God. God says, how do you like it here? He says, I love it here, especially the Meals on Wheels. <laughs> what are some of the things that you two love to do together? Dancing? Yeah. Who's a better dancer? She is. She's a terrific Lindy Hop dance. She was. You Today, I can't tell you. Why the Jewish women are the bosses? What's that? Why the Jewish women are the bosses? No, why? When a Jewish man gets married, he breaks a glass, you know? That's the last time he puts his foot down. <laughs> you probably have a million of them, huh, Seymour? Yeah, I used to tell a lot of clean jokes. They had me on the stage in Catskills. What could I tell you? We're married 57 years. Thank God we're still together. She was in Macy's 57 years. I was in textiles. I knew two, the famous two designers, Calvin Klein and Ralph Lauren. If you knew his real name, you wouldn't buy his perfume. You know what the real name was? Lipschitz. Is that right? Will you, will you wear Lipschitz perfume? 
<laughs> he changed it to Lauren. What were some of your happiest moments over the years, you and Anna? Well, I don't know. Every, we were all happy for 57 years, every time. We were always together, thank God. You never had children, though? No, she couldn't have any, and they wanted us to adopt one. Then I decided not to. Do you regret that at all, or no? No. Thank God we're together. We're still together. And we're 90, 91. She was just 91. And thank God. It had to be you. It had to be you. I wandered around and I finally found the somebody who could make me be true. What can you tell me about Seymour? He's kind and he's gentle and he's lovable. He was good to mama. Unbelievable. We, we gave her the, the master bedroom when we decided to take an apartment. And I said, I can't, I can't leave my mother alone. And he said, That's, you don't have to. We'll take her with us. Who would say that today, right? What's your advice to other couples? Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> what do you say to that, Anna? <laughs> and they have to work together. If one pulls one way and one the other, you'll never. I had a, it'll. I had a, you'll never. I had a lot of operations. You know. I had a lot of operations. But Anna's always by your side, huh, Seymour? Definitely. We had no children. We were together. Have you two ever gone to bed angry, or do you never go to bed angry with each other? We have arguments. Everybody has arguments with themselves. But we never got bad. Everybody don't agree on everything. You know that. So what? thank God we're together. We're alive. What about you, Anna? Have you ever gone to bed angry at Seymour? No, never. Seymour, where's my box of tissues? That's it. Thank you very much. Oh, you're the only only couple you're interviewing? I've interviewed a few couples in my day, but you know what? Never anyone who's been together for 57 years. No. I think our parents are married that long. We're very close with our family. Where do you think you would be if you never met Anna? Mount Pleasant. That's a cemetery, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. We have a Mount Pleasant. You know where Mount Pleasant is? Up in Westchester, near the reservoir. We have to we pay for our graves there already, too. I paid for it. Everything is taken care of, the funeral and things like that. I must say, Anna, when I look at you, look at Seymour, I see a twinkle in your eye. 
almost as if you just started courting each other. Yeah. That spark never left, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what would you say was your happiest time together? The happiest time is all the time. I'm very happy with Ian. Thank God we're together. 57 years, you know. Thank God. Was Seymour a neat guy, or did you have to yell at him to pick up his clothes or anything like that through the years? What? Did I ever throw my clothes on the floor? No. No. Who ever does that? People do that? I think people do that, yeah. yeah. I never heard of that. Why would you throw your clothes on the floor? Sloppiness. Laziness, I guess, huh? Maybe he's the one that does it. Any regrets after 57 years at all? Nothing. Thank God I'm alive and it she's alive. It's too late now for any regrets. Don't forget, we're 90 years old. 1991. <laughs> Thank God. Knock wood. <laughs> Anything else that you two want to share about having been married for so long? Yeah, well, you have to know how to live together. Forget about certain things that happen. You know what I mean? To have an argument. Everybody has arguments. They don't agree to everything. But thank God we got along. What else should I tell you? I hope I go first because it'll be terrible to be without him. I couldn't live. Anna, thank you so much. You're welcome. Seymour, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. You're welcome. Did I give you a good time? Yeah. You did give us a good time. I didn't stop smiling. I was smiling the whole time. Didn't yeah. you see? You make my cheek muscles hurt. Yeah. Anna, we're going to take you to the doctor, okay? Anna and Seymour Greenberg have been married for 57 years. They live together still and wouldn't have it any other way at the Hebrew Home for the Aged in Riverdale. And that's it for this first Cityscape of 2010. I'm George Bolarki. My thanks to producer Skylar Srivastava. When I fall in love It will be forever